Welcome to McKnight's Home Care Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. This is Diane Estabrook, staff writer for McKnight's Home Care Daily. With 72 million aging baby boomers, healthcare has become the destination of choice for big investors. But earlier this year, some of the steam came off of mergers and acquisition activity in the home care and hospice space. With inflation rising, is this a mere bump in the road or part of a much longer trend? I talked recently to Matt Kane, Managing Director of Solid Capital Advisors, about what all of this portends. Matt Kane, Solid Capital Advisors, thank you so much for joining me. So, Matt, we've seen a couple of years of very robust demand for home care, home health care, and hospice, um, but we've also seen some stiff headwinds heading our way right now with inflation and possible recession. What sort of impact is all of this having now on M&A activity in this space? Great question, Diane. Um, a little bit of a mixed bag so far this year. Early in the year, we've already seen a continuance of robust M&A activity in the sector. And uh, the first quarter, 15% growth over, over the prior year in 2021 was a record year for healthcare services M&A activity. So continued growth uh, through the early part of this year. However, starting to see some, some pullbacks, some headwinds. Uh, one, obviously, is inflation. Uh, two, earnings um, outlook is dampening. Uh, increased wages, uh, salary wages, benefit burden to these uh, providers continues to escalate sign-on bonuses, contract labor continues to be a, a real problem. And then uh, some, uh, some changes in potential changes in reimbursement. Uh, CMS has come forth with a proposal on uh, cutting the, uh, the reimbursement rate up to 7%, which is obviously a very large number and could have a, a real dampening effect on uh, earnings ability of, the, of these home health providers. You've already seen some uh, caution from uh, some of the publicly traded providers uh, in terms of their guidance through the remainder of this year. So what impact is that having on the valuation of these agencies? Yeah, so through now June, early July, we've already seen uh, obviously a, a broader pullback in the market, but uh, in terms of valuation, home, her- home health providers had been trading at sort of uh, you know, sort of mid-20s uh, enterprise value to EBITDA or cash flow, and those have now been walked back to sort of 16 to 18 times. Uh, price earnings ratios similarly have been uh, been pulled back from sort of a mid-30s, 35 times um, cash or, or earnings now looking at uh, more in the uh, sort of 22, 25 times. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's substantial and um, not doesn't appear to be going away anytime t- anytime soon in terms of the uh, the dampening effect in the in the marketplace for these providers. Given the headwinds that we just talked about, and you alluded to that um, Medicare cut to home health, is that dampening interest in that space because of that potential cut? You know, I think the the near term effect is uh, a little bit of pullback just to see where everyone sits. Uh, focus on your. Your, your own operations a bit, but I think uh, broader, if we look out over the next, say, 12 months, I think the M&A activity is not going to, um, shall we say, fall off a cliff by any means. I think the private equity back sponsors will continue to be very aggressive. Conventional wisdom is a lot of these uh, headwinds and um, 
and cuts in reimbursement will greatly affect the smaller operators, the mom and pops, if you will, the owner operators that don't have, you know, sort of uh, the balance sheet or the capitalization to su- sustain the uh, the performance uh, through these headwinds. Uh, and private equity, you know, obviously one of their larger models is gaining efficiencies, economies of scale, continuing to buy up uh, bolt-on acquisitions, smaller platforms to uh, bolster their position in a particular marketplace or region. So we'd see no pullback from from the private equity sponsors being aggressive. Um, publicly traded uh, providers, obviously the currencies valued a little bit less than it had been. So you know they'll probably have to be a little bit more disciplined in terms of their strategic focus with respect to acquisitions. But you know if there's an attractive one with meaningful size and scale, they'll certainly uh, pursue it. You talked about private equity and them still being very interested in this space. Are they changing the way they're approaching these agencies? Are they opting more for an outright buyout versus buying a stake in a company? I think broadly speaking, they're they're being more aggressive, willing to uh, buy out the entire company, i.e. 100% acquisition as opposed to, you know, a uh, 60%, two-thirds interest stake. They've gotten smart. They they understand the industry very well. The market dynamics are not going away. The aging of of uh, of the of America and the uh, uh, the various um, sort of uh, growth drivers there are not going to be going away anytime soon. So, you know, if there's a dip in the marketplace with respect to industry headwinds and earnings ability, that's not going to slow down some of these more aggressive private equity buyers looking for the long term and. Uh, finding a pathway to to buy an evaluation, a reasonably attractive valuation to uh, to grow the the business and gain access entrance to to new markets. So we've talked about private equity, but we're seeing a lot of other companies getting into this space. Um, CVS, um, which owns Aetna, um, has expressed interest in getting into the home care business. Um, we're seeing other interesting. Uh, alignments with uh, companies like Best Buy getting into home, getting into uh, equipment sales. Um, mm-hmm. How do you see all of this playing out? Do you see other companies um, trying to be more holistic, kind of like CVS, and trying to dip their toe into this space? I do. I think uh, there's a race to get closer to the consumer, uh, the patient, if you will, that's making these these decisions in terms of their care. Uh, uh, clearly, uh, home health is a uh, an attractive entrance. It's the low cost area for uh, pro- provision of care relative to you know other post acute models or acute care hospitals. So you know there's a lot of industry drivers, reimbursement sort of pushing the uh, the um, impetus to uh, focus on home health, home based care aging the demographics are undeniable as well so you know obviously you see the uh, united health large acquisition of lhc uh so that's undeniable in terms of uh you know sort of new new entrance into the marketplace someone like cbs as well uh looking for areas of growth uh wanting to be closer to that consumer that consumer making the decision i think is the the key thesis there and again, the demographic element to the equation is not going to go away. It's only getting stronger. Do I see sort of non-healthcare concerns getting into the marketplace? Probably not as close to to home health or something like that, where there's a little bit of sort of dynamics with respect to reimbursement, reimbursement risk. But as you mentioned, a Best Buy sort of 
getting into the to the medical equipment space or distribution thereof probably makes a little bit more sense in terms of being closer to the demand curve with respect to healthcare uh, healthcare services. What role do you see Medicare Advantage plans playing in that? Because we're hearing a lot about providers launching MA plans and then maybe MA plans getting into some of these spaces. What role do you think they're going to play in all of this? You know, I think uh, great question. Uh, lots to lots to learn there. Lots to be seen there. I think everything's on the table with respect to who's going to enter into the sector. If you're already in sort of the uh, either the uh, uh, service provider or payer side of the healthcare equation, um, there's an appetite to to take on some risk and uh, gain some uh, gain some market share where there where there is growth. There's attractive reimbursement. Again, understand there's headwinds right now, but in the long term, I think uh, there's going to sort of be this undeniable uh, growth. So, um, do I see uh, payers being more aggressive? Uh, yes. Uh, no, no doubt. So Medicare Advantage plans obviously been very popular over the last four or five years. See no uh, slowing of their sort of diversifying um, their business model, uh, gaining access to the patient in terms of other ways to uh, enhance their value and exposure to uh, to these patients, these decision makers, and um, being in, in other elements of the uh, continuum of care. If you're a home health company and you're not aligned or you're not owned by a Medicare Advantage plan, what does that mean for reimbursements? Because we're starting to see these MA plans um, have a larger share of the market. They're about 45% now. It looks like it's yeah. going to be 50% in a few years. What does that mean as far as what you're going to get paid for your services? Yeah, um, competition can be a, a healthy thing, but also a cruel thing at, at some points as well, depending upon where, where you sit. The, you know, the popularity of the Medicare Advantage plans obviously is driven by the graying of America, right? So uh, the numbers are undeniable. And so they've got market heft, they've got power, and so they're going to exert it. Um, if you're not participant in their plans, it's going to be highly problematic to, to have the patient base to support a business model. So um, you've got to try to um, demonstrate your quality of care to be a participant in these plans. Uh, and obviously, you know, your leverage is a little bit weaker than it was years ago, and it's only going to get weaker as you, as you move forward in contracting with, you know, their uh uh, views as to what's a reasonable market reimbursement rate. So, um, you know, power is is being extracted in the marketplace. We'll see sort of where that heads. Um, you know, if it goes above fifty percent, will there be some some new uh, market entrance or perhaps some governmental inter intervention at some point to uh, alleviate some of that? But for the time being, I see no slowing down of the the market heft or, or power of those sort of uh, uh, payer plans. We're starting to see home health firms looking at getting into the hospital at home space. And we're also seeing home care firms doing some interesting partnerships with transportation providers and meal companies. Is mm -hmm. that a smart way for these companies to be positioning themselves? And how do these companies that are looking to acquire a home care or a home health firm look at those sort of partnerships or those sort of strategies? Yeah, I think it gets to um, the the business partnerships. Uh, you know, our, our, the hospital at home model can be an attractive one. Obviously, a lot of health systems are looking long and hard at that space as well. 
uh, how can they be efficient providers of care in the home? So it's uh, ever increasingly becoming a, a crowded sector. Um, so, you know, so what at the end of the day is the most important piece to the puzzle in terms of these uh, home care providers? It is the uh, referral relationships that they enjoy or can extract in the marketplace. Is it, uh, you know, strong historical relationships with regional health systems or uh, is it a one-off uh, relationship? Obviously, that's a key piece to, to trying to grow the, the business. And then as you look to diversify your services, can you enhance that customer concentration as you uh, look in, look to enter into to new uh, service offerings like a hospital at home type uh, provision of, of care. McKinsey, um, the consulting firm, was out this week with a report sort of taking a look at the future of healthcare. And one of the things that they said is that more care is going to be migrating to the home. Mm -hmm. Some of the areas that they talked about were things like dialysis, which we're already seeing infusion. They also talked about hospital at home. How do you see that kind of care changing the complexion of home care and home health care? And what does it mean, again, to these companies that may be looking to acquire a company like that? Um, the, 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 the demand is certainly headed in that direction. Um, you know, certainly a cautionary view would be that uh, need to make sure that there's appropriate levels of care. Regulatory uh, concerns need to, you know, sort of be aware of sort of how many new market entrants are, you know, entering the home to provide this this level of care. Assuming that's all sort of uh, clean and and acceptable from a regulatory standpoint, I think would be acquirers want to understand sort of these providers' uh, ability to. Uh, to, to grow the business, uh, have good connectivity with their patient base, uh, offering these services at attractive pricing levels, and also the uh, quality of care that's being administered. Uh, too often is the case uh, when there is sort of a, a flood of new market entrants to provide certain services, a new business model, quality of care gets diminished or sort of gets put on the sideline. And often is the case, CMS uh, has to enter the marketplace pretty quickly uh, and stringently to really uh, uh, sort of get those market participants to behave in a, in a way that, um, you know, uh, supports the patient quality of care, access to care, because, uh, you know, racing for those reimbursement dollars is not the, shouldn't be the priority. And, um, you know, we need uh, uh, regulatory oversight at some at some level to ensure that that uh, that is uh, maintained. You brought up a good question, regulatory oversight, and we're seeing it seems to me uh, the Biden administration being a little tougher um, from an antitrust perspective. Um, yeah. They've already scuttled for big hospital mergers, and you and I've been talking about acquisitions in this space. Although this is still a pretty fragmented industry, if you think about home care and home health care and hospice, but um, what do you see them doing in this space as far as mergers? We haven't seen anything yet, but might they step in and, you know, put the kibosh to some of these potential mergers? I think that's a likely reality here. Um, I think they've been, uh, the FTC has been uh, reasonably um, transparent in their uh, activism in reviewing transactions. You mentioned um, the health system hospital sector, and 
uh, they've been very uh, active in, in pursuing each of those uh, large announced acquisitions would f- foresee uh, large acquisitions in the home health sector sort of falling under that same purview, uh, looking out for the consumer, ensuring that there is no sort of any competitive uh, concerns. And, you know, it's a, a judgment call. I, the beholder is to, you know, sort of how, how problematic is the, is the anti-competitive uh, nature of a potential transaction. I think they'll be uh, highly skeptical. The, the uh, FTC will be highly skeptical of some of these uh, potential transactions. They've already announced looking at the uh, United Health uh, LHC uh, transaction. Don't foresee that being as uh, as perhaps pro- highly as problematic as some of the hospital larger hospital transactions. Perhaps they're going to learn some new information through their review process, but uh, it certainly gives a window in as to their skepticism as to how. Um, any competitive, some of these large trans, <clears throat> excuse me, transactions can uh, can be. We've talked a lot about uh, the business, but when we, and we talked about headwinds sort of coming into this, looking at inflation and that. Um, what? How do you view the issue of workforce? Um, this has been a giant challenge for these companies, even before the pandemic. Do you see a way out of this? Um, I think in the long term, it will self-correct. I think in the short term, there's a lot of um, uh, forces at work that are sort of uh, impacting the, the labor markets and, and not just in healthcare. Uh, you know, we hear much about the great resignation and, you know, sort of begs the question, well, what accelerated that? And is that actually going to play out in the long term that folks are actually retiring and not going to re-enter the marketplace? Uh, workforce. A little bit skeptical as to that, but I certainly understand sort of a reprieve, a pullback, given all the stresses and strains we've all been through at the home front. uh, As as an economy here, it's it's really been um, life-changing. But um, so in the near term, I I would suspect that the pressures will will continue to to be there. Obviously, wage uh, increases, sign-on bonuses, the, uh, you know, Contract labor is sort of forming its uh, ability to provide services in the marketplace as opposed to independent, uh, you know, employees sort of um, seems to be an interesting uh, dynamic. But I think in the long term, uh, labor forces will begin to balance out a little bit more. Is that long term in the next 12 months? I don't think so. I think it's more of a um, two year, maybe three year time frame to begin to self-correct here. Um you know, I think, uh, you know, one could argue there's a little bit of a balance between labor and capital and the economic uh, continuum. And that's that's never going to go away. And, you know, it, it's swinging back and forth a little bit. And I think right now it's sort of peaking on the on the labor side and would foresee, uh, you know, as I mentioned, the next 24 months or so begin to subside and you know, see some uh, competition for, for jobs and the way uh, wage pressures begin to subside more so. Thank you so much for joining me. Great conversation. Thank you, Diane. Thank you for listening to McKnight's Home Care Newsmakers podcast. For the latest in home care news, visit McKnight'sHomeCare.com.